Knox here. It's the day after Elvis died, 40 years ago. I was working in a record store in South San Francisco. And I remember the day well. It was busy. And I'll tell you more about it shortly. But let's talk about when Elvis met Richard Nixon some years before 1970. Elvis wrote a letter to the then President Nixon, which said, Dear Mr. President, first I would like to introduce myself. I am Elvis Presley and I admire you and have great respect for your office. I talked to Vice President Agnew in Palm Springs three weeks ago and expressed my concern for our country, the drug culture, the hippie elements, the SDS, Black Panthers, etc. Do not consider me as their enemy, or as they call it, the establishment. I call it American and I love it. Sir, I can and will of any service that I can to help the country out. I have no concerns or motives other than helping the country out. So I wish not to be given a title or an appointment appointed position. I can and will do more good if I were made a federal agent at large and I will help out by doing it my way through my communications with people of all ages. First and foremost, I am an entertainment and an entertainer, but all I need is the federal credentials. I am on this plane with Senator George Murphy, and we have been discussing the problems that our country is faced with. You see, he's really stressing the the federal agent credentials. He really wants them. So the letter goes on. Sir, I am staying at the Washington Hotel room 505, 506, 507. I have two men who work with me by the name of Jerry Schilling and Sonny West. Uh, I am registered under the name of John Burroughs. I will be here for as long as it takes to get the credentials of a federal agent. I have done an in-depth study of drug abuse. Yes, he had. I, that, that we know now. And uh, communist brainwashing techniques. And I am right in the middle of the whole thing where I can and will do the most good. I am glad to help just so long as it is kept very private. You can have your staff or whomever call me anytime today, tonight or tomorrow. I was nominated this coming year one of America's 10 most outstanding young men. That will be in January 18 in my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. I'm sending you the short autobiography about myself so you can better understand this approach. I would love to meet you just to say hello if you're not too busy. So, Elvis wanted to be of service to the country. And uh, that's very admirable. Um, in, the early, in the early days, he and his crew took massive amounts of speed. That was kind of their drug of choice uh, back in the early days, he progressed on to other things. Uh, 
later, as we know. And let's see here. Um, when he listed the drugs in. Oh, when he died on October, August 16, 1977, they found in his system morphine, demerol, chlorophenyramine, I don't know what that is, placidil, valium, codeine, ethanamate, quaaludes, and um, some other unidentified depressant. Well, that's some serious work there, getting that many drugs into your system. Wow. So, but let's talk about when Elvis met Nixon. I'm sure he was high. They did a lot of speed, Elvis and his boys. But he met Richard Nixon in, in 1970, late 1970. Elvis had dressed for the occasion, a purple velvet jumpsuit with a cape and white shirt open to the navel, big gold chain and massive gold belt buckle. Um, he talked to Nixon about doing a uh, Nixon-inspired rock musical, uh, musical called Get High on Life. That's a winner. He gave the president a, an autograph. And then finally, Elvis said, can you, Mr. President, can you get me a badge from the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs? And the president looked and said, Bud, can we get him a badge? And uh, one of Nixon's assistants said, uh, if you want a badge, we can do that. And uh, Nixon said, well, get him a badge. Apparently, Elvis always carried that badge afterwards. According to um, uh, Priscilla Presley, um, she, she wrote in her book, Elvis and Me, the NARC badge represented some kind of ultimate power to him. With the federal narcotics badge, he believed he could legally enter any country wearing both guns and carrying any drugs he wished. So there was an ulterior motive. What a surprise. So, the day after Elvis died at the record store, there was a crowd out in front of the store gathering before the 10 a.m. opening time. And, um, I actually worked way in the back in sort of a separate store that sold posters and t-shirts. And uh, anyway, so I was way at the back watching this and I still remember it to this day. Um, there were probably about 20 people out there, maybe 25 waiting for the store to open. And finally, I'm, I'm standing away in the back, mind you, watching. They opened the doors, and there was a stampede for the Elvis section in the record store. 
And I remember seeing some woman, an, 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 a much older woman, I'd say she was in her, well, she's probably at least 40s, maybe 50s, getting knocked down in the stampede. And nobody stopped to help her get up. They all kept running for the Elvis records. <laughs> I've never forgotten that as long as, um, you know, for the past 40 years. I don't know whatever happened. I don't know if she got an album or not. I, rem I also remember what Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols said about Elvis when the whole world was mourning the loss of Elvis. And he said, his gut hung over rock and roll like a shadow. Not the nicest thing to say. Elvis did make some great music in his day. So, I'm out of time. Um, until next time, Knox over.